Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, good to see you guys. Hello, my name is Anne. I'm one of the pastors here. It's so good to see you guys. Uh, Happy President's Day weekend. Yeah, for our presidents. Okay, yeah, but um, you guys having a good weekend? Yeah. Having a good weekend? My, uh, I'm having a great weekend. Uh, my boys are back in town. I'm so happy. Yeah, my, uh, my son's uh, finally out of the Great Lakes area. He had boot camp over there. And then my other son is here from Santa Barbara. So my mama heart is just so happy right now. So I just want to just be happy. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, uh, we are in a series called Faith Moves, and we are going through Hebrews chapter 11, and we are learning about our spiritual ancestors and their uh, legacy of faith that uh, they were deeply commended for in Scripture. And so uh, I'm just going to have us go to Hebrews 11, chapter chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, and read this with me, just on the screen. It says this, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, right? This is what the ancients were commended for. Is that hard to read? Wait, let's do it again, one more time. Okay, was it on the screen? Okay, let's go, one more time, loud and proud, okay? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And we are learning all about what it means to live by faith, what it means to operate with the operating system of heaven, which is faith. And faith is a trusting beyond knowing, a trusting beyond knowing the way that God's going to work out the provision, uh, trusting beyond knowing the timeline trusting beyond knowing all the details of how he's going to maneuver this or that in your life. A faith is a trusting beyond knowing. And that is what the Lord is calling us to do. That's the way he's calling us to live. And that's the challenge that's before us. And, you know, sometimes we are so caught up in chasing certainty, right? Have you ever been there where I want every detail? Give me the timeline. Uh, Give me uh, the route, the method, like how it's going to happen in my life. And we are so focused on chasing certainty. And did you know that the, the opposite of faith is not doubt? The opposite of faith is actually certainty, right? But God is asking us to live with a trusting beyond knowing. And so let's rise to that challenge and say, yes, Lord, we will trust you beyond knowing every detail, every little nitty-gritty situation. We're going to trust him beyond knowing. And he's doing this in us because he wants to reflect to the world how good he is and how he operates. And he's doing that through us, through his people. It says in 1 Peter 2.9, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful life. And that is what this series is about. We are 
called to be a people who are set apart because God is holy. God is so different. He's so sacred. He's so other. He's so set apart. And his kingdom is like no other kingdom on this earth. And we're lining up to how he does things. And faith is saying, I'm going to trust in your ways, not the ways of the world. I'm going to trust in your ways. And I'm going to reflect through my life, through my trust in you, how good you are, how faithful you are, how holy you are, how glorious you are. And all the world will see the goodness of our God in us. Amen? Amen. All right. So that's what we get to do. And so we're going to dive a little deeper into Abraham's story. If you were here last week, you heard John share about uh, the very first part where Abraham, he was living in his own native country. And the Lord said, leave your native country and go to the land I will show you. And so Abraham, he did it. He got up left his native country, his native culture, the native people, and he went to the land that the Lord showed him. And there were other promises that Abraham had received also where where the Lord told him, I will bless you and you will be a blessing and all nations of the earth will be blessed through you and you will have mighty descendants, as many as the stars in the sky. And Abraham had to believe this by faith. Because the reality was his wife was like postmenopausal. You know, she, she didn't have anything going on anymore. She was an older woman. But, the, but Abraham had to believe uh, the promise of God over his life, over his wife, over his future descendants. And the Lord brought it to pass. The Lord brought it to pass through the birth of his son Isaac. And so um, through years and years, of trusting the Lord. Through years and years of walking with the Lord, Abraham was able to see this God is a worthy God. He is an almighty God. He is a faithful God. He is a good God. And I'm going to trust him. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to do what he commands me to do. And that's where we come to today's passage. So buckle your seatbelts because it's a little bit wild. Okay, Hebrews 11, starting from verse 17. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says this, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. And it was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Okay, this was a test. Can you repeat that? This was a test. This was a test, right? You remember that commercial on TV? Well, I guess it wasn't a commercial. It was like, this is a test. This is only a test of the emergency broadcasting service. Anyway, so this is a test. This is only a test that we're, we're looking at this scripture. It is a test. This is a test. And have you ever had a test anxiety? Yeah. Any of you? Oh, yeah. You're with me, Michael Service. Okay. Any of you love tests? 
Never. No. I, nobody. Okay. I had major test anxiety when I was 21 years old, and I had a major test that I had to pass. It was called the NCLEX, and it's the Nursing uh, National uh, Licensing Exam. And I was so stressed about this test because the test felt like a trap. Uh, every question was like, uh, choose the most correct answer, right? And, and so all four of the answers are correct. Or choose, choose what you would do first. And all the things are things that you would actually do for the patient. So uh, I, I struggled with that test. And uh, sad to say, I failed my first time of taking that test. And man, it, it was such a blow to my sense of um, self, you know, my confidence as a nurse, uh, my confidence in like just my ability to like learn and think. And, um, but tests are necessary, right? Because you don't want a nurse taking care of you that hasn't been tested, <laughs> right? You want her to know what she's doing with that chest tube, right? <laughs> You want her to know her medications. <laughs> you, wanna, you want her to know the infusions. You, uh, uh, an untested nurse is not a safe nurse, right? You, you want a tested nurse that has been passed and approved and uh, you know, verified, <laughs> licensed, right? That's the kind of test that you want. And so tests are very necessary because tests reveal and they refine. Can you say reveal and refine? Reveal and refine. Tests reveal what we know what we don't know, and refine what we, what we still need to have developed within us. That's the power of a test. And, uh, and, and God's tests are just like that. God's tests reveal something, and they refine something. They reveal what we believe about God, right? They refine our faith. They refine us, right? As we're going through a test, we are being refined, and tests are very necessary. They help us develop. They help us grow. And so uh, can you imagine what your faith would be like if, if it had never been tested, right? You'd probably be like mushy, squishy, not really knowing what you believe, what you don't believe. Faith's, uh, tests of faith are necessary to solidify what we believe and what we don't believe, right? And so sometimes it's the challenge that actually brings the formation, and so uh, James 1, uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse 2 says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Wow. Our faith needs endurance. According to scripture, our faith needs endurance. Our faith needs that test. And the scripture is full of tests, right? Uh, the Israelites were tested in the 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, Joseph was tested. He had received all those dreams, but he was tested before those things came to pass in his life. Uh, even Jesus was tested when he was put into the wilderness. And even God says, put me to the test with your tithing. Put me to your test. So there's a common theme of testing in scripture. And here's the thing about a test of faith. Real faith cannot be destroyed. It can only be purified. Real taste Real faith cannot be destroyed. It can only be purified. And this is why, you know, when we were going through COVID and it was treacherous and it was brutal, and I kept asking the Lord, God, what are you doing? 
what are you doing right now? Jesus, can you tell me what you're doing? And again and again and again, I heard the Lord saying, I'm building faith. I'm building faith. And I, I, I felt like I was seeing sometimes the opposite. But the Lord was saying, no, I'm building faith. I'm removing idols. I'm purifying my church. I'm deepening your faith. I, I'm causing you to trust in me, not in your little bubble, not in what you think you have, not in what you think you know how to do. I'm building real faith in me. And that is a purifying that we all need. That is a, a, a building up in us that we all need. And without our testing, we don't even know if, if our faith is real. We don't know if our faith is real. And this is what 1 Peter 1.7 says. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. The trials will show your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Let's talk about gold for a second because this passage talks about it. Did you know that gold is basically indestructible? Gold cannot corrode, it cannot rust, it cannot tarnish, and all the gold that has been mined from the earth is like reused over and over again, like uh, melted down again and again because gold cannot, it's, it's indestructible. It will last and last and last. And just like a fire cannot destroy gold, real faith cannot be destroyed by a test. It can only be purified and refined. Faith is believing God despite the fire, despite the circumstances. And this is where we are with Abraham because this man had a long, long history with God. He had years and years of walking by faith, not by sight, and he knew who God was. And God knew him, and they had a deep relationship. And Abraham had already been through multiple tests, multiple mini tests, but this was like his final exam. Okay, so our prophetic declaration for today is this. I embrace God's testing, and I trust him for the blessing. Okay, can you say that with me? Everyone, ready, go. I embrace God's testing and trust him for the blessing. Okay. Are, are any of you in a waiting season where it feels like you're waiting for the promise of God? Yes? You're probably in a test. You're most likely in a season of testing. If you're waiting for the promise of God to pass in your life, you're most likely in a test. It is not that God has changed his mind or that he has forgotten about you, abandoned you, turned his back on you, you are most likely in a test. And it's a test of waiting, it's a test of persevering, it's a test of faith that he is doing in you. And sometimes when we're in that test, we feel like we're being stretched beyond our capacity, right? Some tests are really, really hard, right? And uh, just this week, uh, talking about being stretched beyond capacity, John, he likes to talk to me about stuff. And he was saying... Uh, <laughs> And he was, uh, we were talking about this one uh, preacher that we love. We love this guy. He's so dynamic, and, and we love the way that he preaches. And, and John was trying to break down his preaching uh, uh, strategy, uh, uh, how he preaches this 
specific technique and he's like, he does this and then he riffs on that and he goes back to this and he was like trying to tell me, he's going on and on and you can do this too and you can do this and you can do this and you can do this. You can. I'm like, no, I can't do it. And he's like, and he kept saying, yes, you can. You can do this and you, you can do this. You just do it like this. And, and I was like, stop telling me what I can do. You're always telling me what I can do. Like being married to John is like having that aerobics instructor, like a hundred more, <laughs> you can do it. You know, he's like always telling you what you can do. And sometimes I'm like, stop, stop stretching me beyond my capacity, right? And I know I'm ridiculous. Um, but isn't this sometimes how we are with God too? Like we're like, stop, you know, no, don't push us anymore. And he's like, yes, you can. Keep going, keep persevering, keep enduring, keep believing me for the promise of God that I've spoken over your life. Keep the faith, keep trusting beyond knowing how I'm gonna work it out for you. Keep trusting beyond knowing. Have that deep kind of faith. And he's calling us higher. He's purifying us, he's refining us, and he's doing that in us. And all, our heart posture in response should be, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, to what you want to do in us and through us. So let's get back to our story as it was originally told in Genesis. It's chapter 22 in Genesis. I'm going to read out of the NIV. And it says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Again, everything is prefaced as a test so that you know that this is a test. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. And he said to Abraham, Abraham! Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Again, this is shocking. You know, at this point, Abraham had only one son left because he did have a son named Ishmael, but Ishmael had already been sent into the wilderness with Hagar. And so he was down to one son left, his son, his only son, Isaac. And what's Shocking about this passage is not only the command of God where he said, go sacrifice your only son as a burnt offering, but what's shocking is also Abraham's immediate obedience. Quickly, without hesitation, without arguing with God, without that bargaining, without anger, without any sort of reluctance, without any languishing, Abraham quickly obeyed early in the morning. I mean, he even woke up early to do this. Early the next morning, he loaded up his donkey and off he went. Remember, this is not Abraham's first rodeo, right? He, he was already told, go to that land, I will show you. He's been around the block with God multiple times and he's able to trust God because he's seen the faithfulness of God in his life over and over and over and over again. So he's saying, this is another one. I can trust him again in this. I embrace God's testing and I trust him for the blessing. I embrace God's testing and trust him for the blessing. So God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son, 
his only child, the son that he waited decades and decades for, the, the son of promise, right? But God made a promise to Abraham that completely hinges on Isaac being alive. So none of this actually makes sense. You want me to sacrifice this son as a burnt offering, and yet I know the promises of God that all depend on this kid being alive? But Abraham's ability to trust and obey completely rests on his revelation of who God is. He absolutely knows that God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. God is a trustworthy God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God is a faithful God. God is a God who would never command evil. God is a God who is loving and just in all his ways. God would never treat Isaac unfairly. That's the kind of God he is. God is all powerful and I know he's gonna keep his promises. And so Abraham is able to obey immediately, respond quickly to the, uh, to the command of God on his life. Even in the midst of apparent contradiction, Abraham doesn't get stuck on, how is this all gonna work out? He embraces, no, I know the one who holds the keys to heaven and earth and I'm gonna trust him and I'm gonna move forward in this way to act in obedience. And we get to do that too. We get to do that too, as hard as it is. I just bless you in Jesus' name to operate in the obedience of the Lord. Okay, Galatians, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 22. We're gonna go back to verse four. So it says, on the third day, so he was wandering around that region of Moriah for three days. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He saw it. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and we will come back to you. He knew and he declared prophetically the truth that he believed. We will go over there, we will worship, and we will come back to you. And so Abraham had walked for three days in this region, and can you just imagine what he did for three days, knowing this command of God on his life to sacrifice his son uh, as a burnt offering? Can you imagine what he did for three days, besides walking? I'm imagining that he was telling his son Isaac, you know, you're the, you're the child of promise. You know, you're the one that all my descendants are gonna come through. You know that God ordained your life. Your life has been prophesied. Can you imagine like what he had to do during those three days to strengthen himself in the Lord? I imagine he was praying to God and saying, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. And declaring over himself like, Abraham, God has never let you down. He's not gonna let you down now. And what are we doing in the waiting? If you're in a test right now, what are you doing in the waiting? I wanna encourage you to declare the promises of God over your life. You know what God has spoken over your life, right? You know what he said over your marriage, over your children, over your finances, over their salvation. You know what he has spoken. Declare again the promises of God over your life. I have a friend, a, a church friend, and she's been going through uh, this difficult, difficult situation for since like 2018. I, I'm not even sure when it started, but she's still in the middle of it. She's still waiting for a breakthrough in 2023. And uh, she texted me this week and said, you know what? I still listen to this 
uh, prophetic word, this prayer that was spoken over me in 2019, and I listen to it several times a week. I'm not crazy. I'm just telling you, it strengthens me. It, it, it encourages me to hear what God has spoken over my life. And I said, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think you're righteous and good, and you're doing what God wants you to do. We, we can't keep rehearsing what the devil is doing, right? We have to declare over ourselves the promises of God. We can't get stuck on the discouragement. We can't get stuck on the situation. We can't just get stuck on, on our current conditions. We have to remember the faithfulness of God and the promises of God spoken over our lives. And because of that, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what Abraham was doing. But he had that assurance, that absolute assurance that God would come through for him. Right. That absolute assurance. We will go worship and we will come back. The two of us, we will come back. And that's, I mean, how does he even know that, right? How does Abraham know such a thing? If we go back to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 19, it says this. Well, Abraham reasoned, if Isaac died, God would be able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. I mean, how did Abraham know about resurrection? Right? In that time, at that point in history, there was no such thing as resurrection. How would this guy know about resurrection? Well, he knows his own personal history, right? He knew. God, he resurrected a, a dead womb in Sarah. Right? Could he not resurrect a son? Could he not resurrect a son? If he did that in Sarah, if he did that in us. You know that part in, in Hebrews 11, it says like, you know, they were as good as dead, you know? <laughs> and, and yet here they are with their son Isaac. If he could do that, can't he resurrect my child? And that deep, amazing faith brought honor and glory to God. So with certainty, he says, we will worship and we will come back. So I'm saying it again, I will embrace God's testing, and I will trust him for the blessings. I embrace God's testing, and I trust him for the blessing. Let that be the prophetic declaration over your life. I embrace God's testing. He's refining me. He's revealing things in me that need to go. He's purifying me. He's strengthening me. I embrace that testing, and I trust him for the blessing. Let's move on to Genesis 22, starting from verse 6. So Abraham, he took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son, Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb. God himself, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to do it. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there. And he arranged the wood on it. And he bound his son Isaac, and he laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. 
But the angel of the Lord called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Do not lay a hand on that boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and saw in a thicket. There he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I embrace God's testing. And I trust him for his blessing. Faith counts on us believing that God is coming through with his promises. Even if it seems absolutely impossible, even if it's gut-wrenching and painful, we're believing God for his promises. And Abraham, he called that place, the Lord will provide. I know we love to sing about Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, but what it actually means is the Lord will provide. It's not a past tense of the Lord did provide. It's not a memorialization of what happened in the past. It's a future forward. The Lord will provide. It anticipates a future action. The Lord will provide. And that's the posture that we're supposed to take in our hearts as we trust the Lord. The Lord will provide. And we're living in that faith in that, in that tension of that moment of trusting and waiting and persevering that the Lord will provide. In Genesis 22, 15 through 18, it says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Abraham believed the Lord and it was given back to him this was confirmed again in Hebrews 11, this generational blessing. I want generational blessing. I want my children and my children's children to a thousand generations to be blessed and to be counted in the kingdom. And Abraham received this in Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. And it was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff, and it came to pass, that generational blessing. I embrace God's testing, and I trust him for his blessing. Amen? Amen. Amen. We will believe him for that. God is trustworthy. He is holy. He is righteous. He is mighty. He is completely different 
than anything that we know. So if we're trying to make God in our image, we're gonna be disappointed, right? He does things his way, and his ways are higher. His ways are holy and perfect. Let's trust in him, amen? Amen. amen. God tested Abraham and said, offer your son, offer your son. But ultimately, God spared Isaac. God spared Isaac, thank you, Jesus. But he did not spare his only son. He gave his only son for us. And we can relate to how painful it would be for Abraham to give Isaac. But let's think for a second how painful it is for Jesus, that perfect son of God, to be sacrificed on the cross for us. The perfect lamb of God, the one who knew no sin, became sin for us. And out of his great love, he gave him himself. Because he loves us. 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 I'm praying you know the love of the Father today. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's so passionate for you. <clears throat> he desires that none should be lost, but that all would be saved. If you wanna say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never said yes to the love of God, if you wanna rededicate yourself to the Lord, if you've walked away, if you said, I, I have strayed, I've gone my own ways, but I'm ready to come back, Jesus. I'm ready to trust you again. I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now to just raise your hand and say, yes, here I am, Lord. I'm back. Or I'm here for the first time. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just gonna ask you right now to say yes, to raise your hand to say yes to the love of Jesus over your life, the goodness of God over your life. Jesus loves you more than you could ever know. He has plans to prosper you, to never harm you, to walk with you, to show you his faithfulness, to show you his goodness, to show you his kindness, his compassion, his forgiveness. He wants to heal you and to restore you, to transform you, to show you your worth, to give you your value. If you wanna say yes to him, raise your hand right now. Don't hold back. Say, God, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that through your shed blood, we've been made new. Thank you, Lord, that you never change your mind about us. You always love us. You always uh, stand in a posture of welcoming us back into your arms. Thank you, G Jesus, for your forgiveness, for your grace and your mercy and your kindness. We say yes to you. Come be Lord of our lives. Come be our healer, our restorer. You are King Jesus and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Amen. Amen. One thing uh, I wanted to share this morning in the first service, I, I had this word of knowledge for, uh, I kept hearing this song, head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. And I, I said, let's just pray for uh, head, shoulders, knees and toes. Uh, I know it's silly, but sometimes God, you know, talks to me in a silly way. And uh, this lady named Kim, she had a healing in her knees that she's had 51 years of pain in her knees. And so God is faithful to accomplish uh, things that we've been waiting for. And I don't know about his timing, but sometimes he does things in a miraculous way. But I want to pray again. God, what do you want to do in us right now? What do you want to do in us right now, Jesus? Okay, I keep hearing the Lord saying that there's uh, a few people here, you have like major holes in your hearts. And I don't know if it's literal or if it's, uh, it's uh, emotional healing. If there's anyone, does anyone have like a heart condition that you need uh, prayer for? If you would raise your hand. Oh, I see you. Okay, let's pray for you in the back. Would you, any of you have faith around him? Would you lay your hands on him, the saints of God? Well, let's pray for him. Lord Jesus, bring healing to his heart. Whatever needs to be restored, Lord God, we're praying for a complete and miraculous healing right now. Jesus, that all parts of his heart's anatomy would be healed and restored. Lord, we're trusting you. You are our healer and you are... Uh, a God like no other. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, for this moment, for this man. Thank you, God. We declare your healing virtue flowing over his body, flowing over his uh, every organ, over him in Jesus' mighty name. And confirm this, Lord. Would you confirm this in Jesus' mighty name? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Let's worship together.